Welcome to the Renewing the Center podcast. My name is Chris McDaniel, and we want to thank you for joining us today. Here at Renewing the Center, we're answering God's call to work for the spiritual renewal of the church. For more information, visit renewingthecenter.org. We're glad to have you with us today. Now, let's make some space for God's renewing work. Today, we're going to look at a passage from Luke 14. This is actually a parable, a story Jesus tells. I'll read, then we'll pray, and then we're just going to spend some time together thinking uh, deep and true thoughts about God's Word. One of the dinner guests on hearing this said to him, Blessed is anyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. Then Jesus said to him, Someone gave a great dinner and invited many. At the time for the dinner, he sent his slave to say to those who had been invited, Come, for everything is ready now. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a piece of land, and I must go out and see it. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I am going to try them out. Please accept my apologies. Another said, I have just been married, and therefore I cannot come. So the slave returned and reported this to his master. And then the owner of the house became angry and said to his slave, Go out at once in the streets and the lanes of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. And the slave said, Sir, what you have ordered has been done, and there is still room. And then the master said to the slave, Go out into the roads and the lanes and compel people to come in so that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those who are invited will taste my dinner. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Father, I ask you to speak to us through this somewhat enigmatic story of Jesus. Help us to understand what this means for us, how we might receive truth today, truth that would help us to live our lives and be faithful in Jesus' name. Amen. It's really important for us to understand that Jesus is telling us a story about the culture of God's kingdom. And because we don't live, many of us, in a kingdom, uh, some of you who listen to us are in the United Kingdom, so you do actually live in a kingdom. But those of us who are in America, we don't live in a kingdom. We don't have a king or a queen. And so for us, words such as kingdom feel oftentimes kind of um, antiquated or hard to nail down or nostalgic, romantic. We maybe think of fairy tales. Kingdom is shorthand in the Bible for the place where God reigns and rules. It's essentially a story, this one is about the culture of the place that God creates where God reigns as king. So he's he's meaning to tell us what God is like. And he's trying, Jesus is, to tell us what the spaces that God creates are like. So this is what he says. The kingdom is compared here to a great dinner. Now note, the kingdom is not compared to a church service. The kingdom is not compared to a stuffy religious gathering. The kingdom is not compared to a bunch of rules and regulations. The kingdom is not compared to a bunch of um, principles. The kingdom is compared to a great dinner. Now, I want you to think about that. Jesus could have used any imagery to describe the place of the culture where God lives, God's space, and he chooses to to use a feast. I think that there's an invitation here for us to rethink the spaces God creates, the spaces that he inhabits. Some of us have a really anemic view of God's culture. We tend to think of God's culture as a dry, boring, 
church service or a place of terrifying rules and regulations. But what Jesus is trying to get us to see here is that God is most concerned about the good life. He's most concerned about a festive celebratory space where God is able to do what he does unhindered. And you and me, we get to participate in that and enjoy it. So I think there's an invitation here at the outset for us to rethink our understanding of the kingdom of God. Your view of the kingdom may need to be more lively, more joyful, more celebratory than it has been. So I want you to know, Jesus compares the kingdom to a great dinner, to a long-lasting, open-ended feast. Good food, good drink, where God's able to do what he does in an unhindered manner, and you and me, we get to participate in it. He also tells a story here where not only is the kingdom compared to a great dinner, but he says many are invited to the great dinner, that God is generous with his invitations. We're told here that he invites many and he says, come, everything is ready now. There's a sense of immediacy in this story, not just a future reality. Some of you have only ever thought of God's kingdom in terms of a future reality. Like when I die, I will go to heaven and then I'll taste the kingdom of God. Y'all, the kingdom is both then and it's also now. Come, everything is ready now. There's a sense of todayness with regard to the kingdom that we are as Christians invited to step into and participate in the good thing that God is doing here and now, not just later, but later and now. God wants your todays to be full of the good life, experiencing good things at the hand of God, joy, overcoming, celebration, life to the full. And so people are invited and I would argue that we're invited now to experience the good things that God has. But in this story that Jesus tells, the first group of people make excuses. And their excuses are actually really telling. See, I don't believe that words are wasted in the Bible. When Jesus tells a story, he's using very precise language to communicate real things. And so I want us to think about the three excuses that are made. One person says, I purchased land. And this is, his, and he says, I can't, I can't come. I've got to go check out the land I've purchased. And I believe there that this person's refusal to say yes to the invitation, the now invitation, is because he's trying to make space for himself and he wants to survey that space. The second person says, I've bought oxen and I've got to go check them out. I believe that that's indicative of one who would say no to the now invitation of God because he's trying to create power and provision for himself. So the first guy is looking for space and security in land. The second one is looking for power and provision in oxen, the strength of an ox. The third person says, I've just been married. Please send my regrets. I can't come to the wedding, to the feast. This person is pursuing belonging and satisfaction through human relationships. And I want you to hear land, oxen, and relationships, those are not bad things. But when we look to creating a place for ourselves, to creating provision and power for ourselves, when we look to relationships to secure us and satisfy our needs and not to God, we miss out on the invitation of God. And so I would just ask you, where are you tempted to send your regrets when God invites you to enter into the good life? What would keep you from responding to God's invitation 
Is it trying to create space for yourself or provision for yourself or security through relationships for yourself? I've been guilty of all three of those things. Looking elsewhere, not looking to God. Well, Jesus tells a story about people who look elsewhere, and yet God keeps inviting. See, it's my conviction that you and me, that we are always being invited, but we're also always prone to being distracted. So there are probably places in your life where you're being invited by God to come into the good thing that he has for you, but you may be tempted to be distracted and not respond to the invitation. See, I think one of the greatest opportunities in front of every one of us is to learn how to be responsive to the invitations of God, specifically when he says, come and participate with me in this good thing that I'm wanting to do in your life. So where does the story go? The usual suspects, those who are expected to attend, they do not participate. So the owner extends the invitation to anyone and everyone. Now, there's an immediate application in a story like this. Jesus was telling a story, effectively saying, I extended the kingdom to Jews first. And when they said no, then I extended it to Gentile outsiders. And so many of you hearing my voice today are are Gentiles. You're not Jewish. And this is good news for us because it means that God extends the invitation further and further out until it includes people like you and me. Now, I come from a family that was far away from God, and this story is so good. It's such good news for me because I see my own family, our inclusion, our invitation into the good thing that God was doing is simply because of the kind and generous heart of God. We might not have been the first people that one would have expected to come to the party. (laughs) My mom and dad were hippies. They were far from God. And then they found their way into the party, into the good life that God extended to them. And by extension then to me, maybe that's where you are today. Maybe you were far away and now you're moving closer in. The thing we're supposed to take out of this story when it comes to this is that there's always room at God's party. There's always room at the feast. And actually that's what one of the servants say. They say, we've invited all these people. They've come and there's still room. That phrase, there's still room, it moves my heart to think about the fact that there's always room in God's economy at his party. See, one of the main reasons why we've created this podcast is that Karen and I believe so deeply uh, in the fact that God's always saying there's room for you to get in on the good life. But y'all, it requires a conscious participation for us to move toward, to participate in the good thing that God is doing. And so today... I hope that you'll make room in your life, that you'll quiet your heart, and you'll say, Lord, help me respond to the invitations. Help me not look elsewhere, but look to you so that I might participate in the good thing that you're doing. Father, I pray for my friends, and I ask God for the grace to be present to the invitations of life. I pray, God, that where we feel tempted to make excuses to send our regrets, where we would feel tempted to look for security and land, relationships or power and provision where we would be tempted to look at temporal things to satisfy us in a way that only you are able to satisfy. God, would you forgive us? And would you help us to respond to those invitations that you would give for us to live the good life? God, that's what we want more than anything else, to be included in the good thing you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. If you would like to continue meditating on what you heard today, Take some time to recall an idea or an image that encouraged or challenged you in this episode. 
when things stand out to us in God's Word, or in our lives, or in what we're reading, or in devotional talks, it often means that God is offering us His help and His guidance. When you have your idea or image in mind, carry it with you as a prayer, coming back to it in the spaces throughout your day. How does it speak to you and where you are right now? What does it say about God and what He wants for you? Speak to Him about these things. Listen for His still, small voice, and respond to Him as simply and as honestly as you can. Thanks for listening. We look forward to having you back here again with us next time at Renewing the Center. Mm-hmm.